a sentient AI technology, what would happen to the market? No, don't make me say that on camera. Is that legal? That sounds so illegal. Thank God I get to talk about aliens. Oh, oh no. There's no way to plug like a USB cable in your butt or something. Best book on money that I have ever listened to. It absolutely could destroy the world or make you rich. Dylan is kind of from the future. I want you guys to understand this time traveler that we have from the I'm future. I'm not a time traveler. <laughs> you are. I exist in this world alone. <laughs> As the sauna heats up, the questions get hotter. We'll start at level one, and by level five, it'll feel like over 500 degrees on our body. Can our guest make it? Let's find out. <laughs> Do you think money will be around in the future? You can like fund people with UBI, you can print money, but at a certain point, it's just gonna, I think it's gonna just kind of hyperinflate away and it just won't be something. There's there's money in its current form, right? Like the cash, the paper stuff, the, yeah. the metal. But you're talking about just money as a, as a transfer of value. You think that idea is just gonna be replaced by something else. Yeah, I think the idea of value becomes more nuanced and mm. it becomes so specific to the things that money doesn't capture now. Like kindness, honesty, um, your social value uh, to your neighbors, the time you spend with people like I think that becomes currency. And the reason why right now you couldn't even imagine tracking that or earning that is simply because we don't have the technology that can hear conversations. That Sounds it, like a really great idea for a Black Mirror it, you know, like, like, Well, it's obviously could go dystopian really quick, but just don't know what happens when you don't have to go work for a living and if the economy can just stay the same. Like, what happens if nobody needs a job anymore? Like, How do you measure those things? Like, how do you measure someone's kindness like that doesn't make sense how do you transfer value in terms of trust or kindness let's say you're you're sort of sick or something like that and somebody like a hospital nurse or something comes to help you out you just can issue them a coin basically like you have some kind of a coin that you could give them for the time that they spent with you as a thank you and then they can use that for the next job they get and show look at how many like of these social right. thank yous i've got so it's a kind of like proof of time instead of yeah, yeah, because time might be one of those few resources that really does matter. So I think you can give out coins and they come from your time. That, that, right. that could be one element of this for sure. Which is interesting because you've had experiences with working with Zappos and Tony Shea and you guys measured something called collisions and Tony Shea was so ahead of his time. Yeah. Explain to me collisions. At Zappos, we had a traditional hierarchy and we all kind of thought, or at least Tony thought, that this hierarchy isn't how you build a thousand year company. The companies have this shelf life and as they get bigger they become more fragile one measurement that he was interested in was called collision so we could just say if a group of three or four or five people were just stuck together for more than a minute we'd call it a collision how do you monetize that? how do you value that how do you measure how important that is like okay so well, they I mean, got together how do you he had made about 50 investments in different tech companies and one of the things that you just when you think about the health of the overall portfolio you think how much is the overall average succeeding, not every individual company. And good companies that communicate a lot are just, he, in his theory, were associated with more success. If you, if one company has a good lawyer, maybe the more they talk with the other companies, the better the relationship is, the more they can share that resource. Which is interesting because I read a statistic that said within an index fund, for example, it's the tail end investments that make the majority of the returns. Yeah. So even in an index fund or a portfolio of 500 companies, three out of four of them might uh, go out of business over the course of 40, 50 years. Yeah. And it's the 25% yeah, that remain that drive the majority of gains in a market. 
Oh, I used to have like the great, it was like a pirate metaphor or something. It's slipping my mind now. But yeah, exactly. Like it's like you just, you're shooting and most of them are just missing. But the right. one that hits that target becomes so valuable. Which speaking of, if you look at the context within the stock market, if like you throw $100 to the stock market in 40 years, three out of four of those companies are going to go bankrupt. And that one maybe would make the majority of the return. Is that mean that, like, how does that play a role in terms of success uh, of luck versus hard work. Okay, well, you know, succeeding is kind of a history of just how many failures you get through before you find success. You know, like sure. even the company that does succeed might want to pick up all of the other companies that failed. If it's growing, it's like, hey, I already know the way you guys failed. You have information you can give to me. So like you can bring that in. Okay, so if you yeah. could if you could if you could quantify the percentage between luck versus hard work of even your life oh, like specifically you, no, your don't life. make me say that on camera how Why much you? how much do you think your outcome and your success is, is luck versus hard work oh man um i guess it's like a little bit of a pet peeve of mine that i should just put out there but i think that i think that luck i think luck is a like maybe way over 90 at a minimum 90 percent of of everybody so i i never look at real entrepreneurs and think oh you could do it always again like i think luck played a huge role in most people's lives. I know, I like, if you think about a caveman being born today, they would adapt to society just right. But they just didn't have the same kind of tools to have the opportunities we did. So just extrapolating that out, if I was born in a rural part of India or some other part of the country, like, there's just no way I could have... I wish I could disagree with you done. on that disproportion, but I have to agree with, like, 90% of everyone's outcome in life is 100% is luck. I, like, I look at my Yours. own life. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you... <laughs> or at least specifically to me, sure. Killed um, it on YouTube. Yeah, but, like, 10 years ago, if you look at Andre from... 2014 I was not that different and I remember surrounding myself with the most talented and successful people that were way smarter way wealthier than me and I remember reading those statistics like you are the average of the five people you surround yourself with and I'm like I'm doing everything right <laughs> what is happening like how come I'm not at the place where some of my friends are even though I feel like I exhibit all the qualities they do I'm just as hardworking. I'm just mm. as talented perhaps or I, I've surrounded myself with them like how come my life it doesn't have that same outcome but fast forward 10 years from now, and it's a completely different, you know, outcome yeah. in my life. And I, I don't think anything particularly has changed. So when I started YouTube, sure, I was perhaps more prepared than the average person because I could do videos, I could tell stories, I could do magic, entertain. But at the same time, it was a, a, a circumstantial thing. It was like when preparation... Yeah, like you didn't start magic yes. knowing you'd eventually pivot right. to YouTube. Right. It, it's, it's preparation yeah. meeting opportunity, but so much of it was just yeah. luck. And so even when I look at your channel, I think your videos are incredibly good. And but yet, yeah, no, trust and, me. And, and all of our friends are, are all YouTubers. No, it's the most painful there's, thing ever. There like, is nothing that I know how to do that I don't think you don't know how to do with YouTube. I have the most amazing friend group of successful YouTubers, and I can't get off the ground. My plane just does not get off the, the runway. And it's <laughs> like I keep thinking. So, so, I, so I don't even know if you know this, but I constantly like will go to dinner and we'll have a group of like people that inspire me and then i'll go and i'll check stats on youtube just be like how many people fail because like i need to like position myself in the whole scheme of youtube failures because you there's a selective bias and you guys like yeah you guys crush my soul kind of you know what's crazy like i think there's no bigger proof that that youtube is so so luck based or or like circumstantial in terms of like what kind of content you're making videos about that people are interested in is this channel how is it that I have a YouTube channel that has over 2 million subscribers and yet this podcast has, I don't know how many, it doesn't get that many views. Isn't this the perfect example of yeah. this is kind of luck? Like my channel, sure, 
I worked hard for it and I make hopefully good videos. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think the success of it is based on the momentum that was hugely generated by that luck of being at the right place at the right time, talking about the right things. Yeah. So your channel has the same qualities, but there isn't a market yet for it. I went sailing last weekend and uh, Corey and I, as, as we were driving to uh, California, we were listening to an audiobook called The Psychology of Money, which was probably mm, okay. the best book on money that I've ever listened to. It was so, really? so good. Not only because it addressed the luck versus hard work thing, mm -hmm. but it also talked about how like we as a society sort of hold up people that they're not the rule. They're the exception. Yeah. For sure, the but, bias, the but bias how, like success bias yes, or something. But, but how like we credit them, bias, yeah. how we credit those people is more so based on their hard work rather than their luck. Mm -hmm. And he breaks down our lives. Maybe in there's sort of, a psychological satisfaction to that, I'm guessing? Sort of, but there's like two things that he breaks it down into. There's there's risk and then there's luck. Um, when, you, when you take a, a risk at something, there's either the risk outcome, which is the down, the bad, and then there's the luck, which is the good, right? Okay. And then he gives an example of, of, of the guy who created the railroad, basically, and how he broke every law in the U.S. because he wasn't allowed to build it. But he's like, screw it. I'm just going to build it anyway. <laughs> okay. And he became extremely wealthy, right? He Very just successful. knew how useful it would be. Okay. Sure. <laughs> but it's crazy because the takeaway would be be a rule breaker, you yeah. know, break the laws, which would be a horrible takeaway. And if you apply that to say something happened in recent history, the guy who took, you know, the, the millionaires, the billionaires to, down to go see Titanic. Right. He, he yeah. broke every law and right. every rule that he was told. But if he had succeeded, dude, that's crazy. He and would he, have been considered a visionary. No, and he, and he and he was playing that up like he had been to the Titanic and back, and he's like, right. "See, like you guys are stifling my innovation. I have carbon fiber submarines, blah blah blah." And yeah. Then, then the tin can happens. Right. And, and if he had like, succeeded, Whoa. he would have been a pioneer that democratized yeah. underwater exploration. He would. But he yeah. didn't. And now we think of him completely differently. And it makes oh, that's me wonder. So interesting. Yeah. It makes me wonder how many CEOs. Of that, yeah. yeah, like how many CEOs are there that we look at Dude, like and when we it, hold them like, up yeah. as these most successful giants and very smart people who made great decisions, and the people that failed mm. who made bad decisions. And I, I don't know if I agree with Dude, that. Dude, what if you could fill a stadium full of people and then just watch each one of them scratch off a lottery ticket and lose? You know, like you'd right. be, it'd be so <laughs> painful. You'd be like, just like you know, twenty. There's forty thousand people, and then finally. After you get to millions, like your right. entire lifetime of watching people scratch off and fail and be right. like, oh, you won. You would not feel like I need to play the lottery. Right. Nor would you feel like you need to yeah. learn something from that person and be like, I'm yeah, so over, inspired over, over. by that guy. He's so yeah. smart. How'd you do it? Yeah. You know, I, I heard about a professor that actually had all his students stand up in a class and then they all flipped a coin. And if it was tails, they sat down. And if it was heads, they stayed up until one person's left. And then they're like, what's your trick to flipping coins? <laughs> right. They're like, yeah, there's no trick. There is no trick. Yeah. They just flipped coins and you're the one who's left over. Right. And I, I, what, the takeaway of this, the reason that I that I find this fascinating isn't to take anything away from someone who believes they're, they're, they're out their successes, their hard work. I, I, I get that. I can relate to that. Mm. As someone who came from a third world country and who like came to the US with nothing and didn't even right. know how to speak English, I feel like I'm the perfect person to take advantage of the, I worked really hard and I, I you know, I learned yeah, you all these be skills. Yucking, you could be yucking that but up. I, yeah. But I don't think that way. I, I think even my yeah. success was so circumstantially lucky. If I was born one door over to the right, I wouldn't yeah. have the success I had. And God, that's such, it's such a weird dichotomy because if you think about it, you should 
in your mind, lie to yourself, convince yourself that what you do is beyond luck, because that's a better way to try totally to is. increase your odds. But also, if you let that get out of hand, you are egotistical to a point where you're losing track of the reality right. and you're not you're, you're there's a sample bias there. It, yes. So so it's interesting because having this conversation is something I don't do with with most people which is maybe bad to bring it up in a podcast, but <laughs> but the reason yeah. I think this conversation matters is because if someone understands and accepts the 90-10 luck versus hard work, it makes them better leaders. I think the world would be more oh. inclusive and okay. I think we'd have better better policy to help people that are perhaps not so successful yeah, to help them that. to help them up. And I think that the world would just be more inclusive and we'd have better mental health. If we could just accept that, sure, there are there are things you can do within your life, like you have a certain work ethic, you work really hard, and you learn these skills that you'd be primed more so when you flip a coin, it's going to land on the right side. Right. But ultimately, there is a part of that coin that is more responsible for luck, and I don't know how to measure that. And in that book, they talk about, um, I, I remember he, the author talks to a famous economist, I believe it was uh, Robert Schiller, the guy who created the housing index, essentially. Oh, okay. The Schiller index? Yeah. yeah, the Schiller index. And he asked him, he's like, hey, you know a lot about the economy. What's the one thing you think that we will never know, but the thing you want to know the answer to? Which is such an interesting question, because you have to ask that question to someone who knows everything. Yeah, because to, they have to figure out what is it that... That like we will never know, right? Of whatever the question. Oh, that's yeah. Based on everything we know, what is the one well, thing you think we will never know? Inception. Yeah. Okay. And what he, he what yeah. he said was uh, the role that luck plays in success. Oh. Like, yeah. how do you measure that? I think we'll never be able to measure that. But maybe AI will give us tools how to measure yeah. not only that luck part. Maybe it'll say eventually it'll like aggregate all this data on the internet and it'll say, okay, well, here's what I found. Uh, in order to be a successful CEO, you need to exhibit these qualities, like being able to defer happiness and not buy things and like uh, whatever, learn yeah. these skills and work until 5 a.m. and wake up at 7 a.m., whatever it is. But then, you know, that's responsible for like 10% of their outcome. Right. But also, according to their successes, like 90% of it is circumstantial based outside of their control. Like even Bill Gates, mm. right? Like yeah. being born one out of a million in the U.S., with access, access to a computer, to a computer yeah, at the age, at the time when nobody could. Right. Yeah, I have heard Bill Gates' situation was just one of so few. Right. So imagine if then yeah. ChatGPT or whatever tool in AI will tell us eventually, like, hey, here's here's the reality. Ten mm -hmm. percent is based on work. Here's what you got to do. Ninety percent is just based on time. Like, give it enough time, and it'll land on the right side. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why anything and not nothing? And then you take that all the way back down to the decisions you're making. Right. Let's. Well, I guess you just have to. You just have to pretend that that's not always there, or you're just going to go nuts. You know. Right. What I mean? like, well, that's one of the criticisms, I suppose, of universal basic income. Right. Is like, well, if people get paid money, what's the point of getting up to work and working at right? Mm. But it's interesting because yeah. I think humans are more wired yeah, to work and, and be too. creative, and we want to do things. I don't think anyone wants to sit on their butt at a beach for till they die. Like that's not a thing. Um, there's yeah. a lot of other criticisms, obviously, of UBI, like inflation and all that stuff. But I crunched the numbers and I looked at it uh, from what I saw in 2022, the U.S. government spent like six point two trillion dollars of that nine hundred billion roughly went towards the military. But during the pandemic, you know how much stimulus checks we gave out it was actually eight hundred billion, roughly eight hundred fourteen billion, something like that, Okay, which is crazy because that's uh, just like less than 20 percent of the government's budget. So to me, the the stim the 
the pandemic yeah. that we went through was the biggest experiment of UBI that we've had in like my lifetime. Yeah. That stuff. But as far as their financial health, if you look at the personal savings rate, it was so high, partially because people didn't have to go out and spend money on things. But yeah. financially, they were better off. And as far as the inflation argument goes, I saw that roughly 70 to 80 percent of all the stimulus checks was spent on food and rent. So it didn't mm. actually go towards anything that would necessarily oh, yeah, be hugely yeah, inflationary. Yeah. And the majority of the inflation side was because of corporate greed, because companies raised mm. their prices and they kept their prices high. And we know this because they would talk and brag about this on their earnings calls, yeah. because if all of your competitors are raising prices, why would you ever lower yours? Yeah. That that concept of like, if you get paid, are you going to be lazy? I think you can actually trace that more directly to the actual physical, like hormonal state of people, like when they're healthy and happy and have social support. I think they're very active, right? Whether or not like whether or not. But I also wanted to address the fact that I I'm not a big fan of welfare as it is, because if you think right now I get, let's say, six or seven hundred dollars a month for not having a job, but I could go get a job at McDonald's that pays me fifteen hundred a month. And then I have to forego that paycheck I was getting because I have a job now. Right. You're, you're only getting the difference, like the right. 700 or $800 difference in... Yeah. So it literally incentivizes you not to get a job. Whereas if you do UBI, True. if you give True. everybody 700 bucks True. and they're like, oh, if even going to McDonald's just gives me the extra cash, but I still get my pay. I like that in... You know, aligning incentives is an important part of surviving AI and growing a good economy, thinking in a system, a big macro sense. And yeah, I just think it would make so UBI aligns better so or maybe nothing you're saying than that what we with, have now. So you're saying that with AI, UBI makes more sense, right? Uh, welfare as it stands doesn't seem as well aligned. Like if a system incentivizes bipartisanship, like the way a two-party system does, we get two parties. Like if you have ranked choice voting, you don't have... Democrats and Republicans, because the system just doesn't bring up that same thing out of the complexity. I feel like the sauna is so much hotter right now than like, it's <laughs> Well, because you've got my brain processing all these calories, like I trying know. to think through the philosophy our, of money and all the arguments are, of AI. <laughs> our brains are on fire. So do you think that UBI will eventually lead to money basically becoming like worthless as an idea? Yeah. That's a good answer. It's legit. It, uh, some people fake their podcasts as far as like what they Hell put themselves no. through. Put me up to this a light. Is... Dude, we should have a polygraph test right here. Like how much do you hurt? Dude. And we could definitely <laughs> prove to people that it's like, because I, I kind of wonder what the hot ones like, is it really sure, that spicy? Sure, sure. You know I, I, I mean? believe that one is, but like cold as balls with Kevin Hart. I, that was. I how cold is that? It wasn't Kevin cold. Hart. How cold is it really? Dude. Put a thermometer in there. This is again from the book Psychology of Money, amazing book if you haven't read it, um, where they went into basically a hospital or a hospice where people were near death and they would ask them what, you know, the things they appreciated yeah. most about life, the things they regretted most. And none of them ever said, I regret not having more money than, you know, X, Y, Z, or that I should have worked was it harder. Memory, memory based or like experience based? Just experience based. Oh. It was at, they were asking the, all the older people that have lived their lives, right? That have the most experience living their lives. And what they said they valued most is obviously the experiences they've shared, the, the friendships, the connections they've had. And they even essentially quantified um, like the practical levels of happiness that money has on people. Yeah. And the biggest thing that money has ever granted people in terms of how it translates to happiness is freedom is the ability to do okay then what that's you what want. i think money should become yes like, like so I, yeah i'm still trying to figure out what the psychology is of what humans want but if that's it if it's time and connection and freedom right uh, yeah i think that that's that's what is really worth 
worth putting into you know i hate to say like crypto token but something something that's quantifiable an and NFT. measurable yeah an nft i guess but god i hate to put it with all that that kind of crap that that feels I mean, like it's associated the, the, with i now. think they're cool ideas but it's, it's sad that like what they've become negatively associated yeah, with. I mean, but, but they had potential central, I mean, they still do yeah, yeah centralized decentralized i don't yeah. even know but it's just like if we trust if we have a shared value that um, you spent some time at, a, at an orphanage or you spent some time like, you know, listen, like yes. people don't listen to each other. Like if you somehow earned what you need in life by caring about your neighbor, learning about them, asking if there's anything you can help them with and helping them with it, that might be the only kind of economy I think that, that proof lasts. Proof of time, essentially. Yeah. Proof of time would probably be a pretty good kind of good, good way to frame it up that, that could last into a world where humans are by far the, the stupider species on earth. Like when AI is like, I can telegraph everything you're going to do. I can build you guys whatever you want. Like I can do all the farming with robots. Right. Like you, where, how are you going to go to get a job and like earn some hourly wage and then spend it on your rent? Like it just doesn't, it doesn't register after a while to me. I think we should cool down and talk about aliens. <laughs> thank god i get to talk about aliens on the podcast let's finally do let's do it man finally <clears throat> all right let's be 30 seconds pour it in okay it's 30 seconds in here oh no just one, just one, ah. one is fine do you think intelligence is special to humans no well it is but it's not like the penultimate evolutionary trait that we hold it up to be We'll talk about that. In a <laughs> <laughs> Just can't. I can't breathe because it's. It's. It's like, like when it hits the throat. But yeah, no. I think it's. I, I think it's. I think it's something that can be computed anywhere in the universe, and that we're not that special. It's Matt, get us out of here, man. <laughs> okay. I remember uh, when I used to work at Houdini's. There was like this thing that you had to go up on a podium and you had to like present tricks and you had to like yell at the tourists that were passing oh, by yeah, to yeah, sell yeah. magic tricks. <laughs> And every every magician had their own like spiel, you know, like their <laughs> stick, their shtick. Yeah. And uh, w one of the most popular ones that every magician had is like, oh, there's the this is the UFO, and it was a flying levitating card. Oh, I've seen that one. And they're, they're like, I just don't say it backwards uh, because that would be very disrespectful. OFU. OFU. That always gotcha. got it always got good reactions. I figured it was a good transitional moment to talk about aliens. <laughs> that was, that that was perfect. Uh, okay, so here, so I don't think aliens built the pyramids. You don't? I, no, I'm not. What about the hieroglyphs uh, on the pyramids where they have, like, the UFOs, the helicopter one? Uh, just, I know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, I, I know, but there's just it just seems like <laughs> there was that thing on Mars that looked like a face, and then we zoomed in on it. Well, so no, much that, stuff that, that I get. in history. There, that I get. There was a name for it, for the explanation for it. I forget what the phenomenon is called, but it's the human ability, like, the uncanny ability to recognize faces when we look at things like like humans yeah, can recognize yeah, yeah, yeah. patterns extremely yeah, well yeah, so yeah because our brains evolved yeah that, that, that's explainable but like how do you explain the UFO, hieroglyphs that hieroglyph? look like you know helicopters and technology that shouldn't exist in, i don't like, know 3, have you ever seen ago? like a toddler just scribbling on paper like and you're like oh wow that looks like, like oh my UFO. god like, like in the clouds like whoa that's like my name how did they that's know it must be point. a sign i that's need a to, fair point i need to invest in tesla it says t up there like maybe that's what astrology is right Maybe yeah. <laughs> don't, I, the astro I, I'm I'm fond of the astrology. Astrology, crowd, so even though I don't believe it, I one like them. big magic trick, man. It's it's like <laughs> it's cold reading at its best. I know. Just well, be vague enough to where it's applicable to. I just everyone. don't know why I like those people so much, but I don't believe in it at all. I'm like, oh, this is not this is not registering, but like, tell I, me more. I love tell it me too. more. I like, love it too. Yeah. I'm a Gemini. What does that mean? Tell like, me two everything. Yep. Like, <laughs> tell me everything. 
Yeah, just, I think that speaks to the human ability to just want to connect things, like which is a, yes. a huge pro when it comes to inventing things, and right. it's it's like our civilization's built on it. But it becomes the same tool that makes you successful is sometimes too much, and I just think like that's what's happening with astrology. What, what was the equation to figure out? Uh, well, actually, Drake equation. This. Okay, Jesus, Drake equation. Right? I, I Isn't this how many? Uh, like why? Like because oh you're thinking about the great filter. He just told me the equation. I asked the question. I didn't even pose a question yet. Yeah. But what I was going to ask. Dylan but I don't is, remember all the variables. To be fair. Okay. So I'd what I asked. Them what I was trying to ask Dylan is. Uh, there's actually an equation that that's supposed to calculate taking into effect a lot of variables what the percent is of the possibility of intelligent life yeah like how many suns and then how many earth-like right. planets in the habitable zone yes and then that have like an atmosphere and liquid water or something like that right and it's interesting because like before i got into this stuff i i remember thinking about intelligence as like species are supposed to evolve to become smarter but yeah. then the more i looked into it i was like that doesn't make any sense it seems like you would survive better if you're smarter but it doesn't always. That in doesn't a, seem like it has to. In be a world case. filled with oceans, I don't think intelligence matters much as as much as like having fins and being able to swim fast, right? So, right, right. When you plug so all those variables into the Drake equation, I guess the outcome was infinitesimally small, even in the context within the vast mm. scope of the universe that there are other intelligent beings. Whoa. Because intelligence here on Earth evolved as a byproduct of. Crazy amounts of yeah. uh, accidents and, and and monkeys climbing down from the sub-Saharan desert, right? Yeah, from the trying yeah. tr trying to like create tools and 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 chase their food essentially. But before then, when it was yeah. a rainforest, we were able to just climb the trees and get our food that way. Yeah. But when the dry weather and climate came, yeah. we had to yeah. come down from yeah. the trees. We had to invent these tools. That's how we hunted for food. And then eventually, we developed this intelligence. So you're saying there's a good chance that there could be something like life on other planets but then they just never have that right factor to right. turn into of necessity to, to turn into like how do we understand radio wave kind of intelligence. sure exactly but it could it, it's its own intelligence sure. for its own environment exactly but not like, yeah not to the extreme that we have it here oh, based okay. on so many accidents that have happened so your kind of instinct is that there is aliens they just don't have the, like they're they are literally I think there's the definitely universe. life in they the just universe don't. but not to this degree of intelligence or yeah lack thereof <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. Okay. So my, like, who knows, but my, the way I would play this out is that I think that you get smarter. I do think intelligence keeps emerging wherever there's life given enough time. I mean, I know dinosaurs were here and they never got smart, but maybe another billion years or a hundred billion years. I just feel like eventually if the planet doesn't fall apart, they get intelligent. And I think they discover how to create intelligence. Like we are on Silicon and eventually you build something that's misaligned and it destroys you. So I think I think the reason we look up into the sky and don't see aliens is because they all invented something that destroyed them. And maybe that's like something with quantum mechanics or an AI that discovers something and eliminates them in the first place. It's like now that we have this, all these AI tools, yeah. like how do you think the, the average person should use it to like generate wealth or like, do like they, very should, they, should they create... Uh, an AI company like a tool or is it better to leverage those tools to create some kind of business or like well okay so large large language models are a true miracle what what happened with the jump to chat GPT 3.5 turbo was was something that everybody should step back and and notice because what it was was tokens in a latent space that just means that there's like a bunch of vectors that do mathematics on the tokens and 
it seems like that should be nothing. Like, like it seems like that. Sh that I think I understood three of those okay, words. Okay, like in the last ten seconds. God, I wish I put it like a di like um. So, so imagine there's just some flies that are like right here in front of me. They, they all. They're imagine they're in a shoebox. Okay. Um, each one of those flies could represent a different word in the English language. Okay. Like the and that and and Andre and all that stuff and. What is happening inside of ChatGPT is there's mathematics just moving all those little flies around. And it turns out that things like king and queen are close to each other and, and certain things that are actually how we talk group together and cluster. And so you'd think whatever, like that might help or that might not. But then all of a sudden, when you put enough data in there and enough of these little flies, ChatGPT starts doing math. It starts passing the bar exam. It starts doing medical exams. So it's sort of like getting smarter by the process of deduction and elimination and pattern recognition. Yeah. Sort of like neural networks, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, well, that's that, why some people are like, it's not smart. It's just super advanced autocomplete. And, and that kind of seems true, but I got this feeling that that's all we're doing. And that actually we just have this kind of intelligent sense because we have this sort of idea that we're existing in the world and it doesn't but that might be the only difference we might just be doing the same thing just a complicated auto predict um, okay but but the point is that it's it's just this shouldn't happen this is nothing like the way you program a computer this is actually learning and it's coming up with answers and even if it doesn't become self-aware or intelligent it absolutely could destroy the world or make you rich if you apply it to every industry right now that you can that you can think of if you're in real estate it can do it can process predictions of like what house you can buy if uh if, if you plug potholes in streets you can just use camera vision to say where they all are and then tell people like hold on but how that doesn't explain how you might leverage well I, so I would, I would say look at look at the world you're in and if there's any frustration that you have um so you're using maybe use ai and chat gpt to figure out what the problem is and then use it to find the solution which is essentially what creating a business is. Yeah. Finding a problem. Yeah, but it's, uh, oh, who's the, um, there, there was a British uh, mathematician and cryptologist, I think something Jones, but he has this famous quote that's like, uh, AI is the last invention man needs to make. Right. So we're not, I, I really think that we're, we're not quite there, but we're kind of in that zone where you shouldn't be thinking about what should I invent? You should be thinking about how do I put this thing that actually invents solutions into some kind of system, whether that be Salesforce or your CRM or whatever kind of like thing on your phone. So essentially humans will just become problem seekers and then the AI is the solution. Like like um, like Chirper AI is a clone of Twitter, but it's only bots talking with each other and it's infinitely more interesting. It's much more engaging. I don't think we need humans to have a social network. Um, something like Tinder. If you really want to date people, it can generate beautiful women. You can chat with them what? like we, we like you know what i mean like like every app on your phone i can just be like it could generate that and and you like marvel movies why, You're just go, gonna spin why up go dating why go on a date when you can just swipe and get matches with bots <laughs> well, well there's you know there's still some there's an opportunity there to make Dude, money i but. feel like the majority of twitter is just bots talk like <laughs> like it might be yeah I, I wonder sometimes i'm like i i see and i watch these conversations happen and i'm like is there's no way these are real people. Like that's not something a real person thinks about. You ever, you ever think? Yeah, about no, that? and that's why I think some of these all AI social networks are more interesting because they're at least like I'm a time traveler, I'm an intelligent fungus, and they're like that's fascinating. <laughs> you know, like that's what I want to hear. Like you're like this takes it to the next level. But there's um generative everything. I think you're gonna sit down and boot up Iron Man to relax, and it will be the story whatever you want. It'll all be generated on the fly in four or five years and it'll look Hollywood level. I mean, there's already this, there's a 24 hour SpongeBob, there's a 24 hour Biden Trump debate. And these things are all generated because something like ChatGPT writes the script and it can take 
information from the chat room, change the way that they talk. It goes to another AI that creates the voice synthesis. And then in real time, it changes the mouth movements. And, it, you know, it's a Do little crude, but like, just follow that down the, the path a little bit. Sometimes I wonder how that implies, uh, like what that means for, for like stock markets and financial uh, markets. Just like, what does that mean when, when Citadel or like a Bloomberg terminal, like you were talking about, gets access to yeah i like think it the, breaks i think the stock market breaks yeah the order flow like what, what if what if you could ch connect a chat gpt yeah to say citadel's information where they could see all the order flow they can see all the stocks that people are buying all the stocks that people are selling every single day they, they control or at least they're they're aware of they don't control mm -hmm. but they see the information of like 60 percent of the of the market's order flow how yeah, could they sure. front run it if they plugged in a sentient like ai technology like what would happen to the markets? Would it just collapse 90% yeah. because it knows if I can tank the market and force everyone to sell all their stocks because that's what humans do, they panic, and then buy exactly. back in, is that what would happen? Because like I know that as a human, I feel yeah. like that's a way of exploiting human nature and human behavior. But if an AI had the capability yeah. to execute that plan, point. So, would so it? That, so I have two questions for you based on that. One, do you think that will happen in your lifetime? I think it would. I think it's already happening to some degree. Like, for example, I remember reading a statistic where like 80% of the market's volume or 90%, something crazy, is already AI. It's already, it, it's not quite the chat GPT kind of AI, not the psychological maybe oh, type. You yeah, digital. It's just, it's it's just digital high-frequency trading. High trading. Yeah, and which is a little different. It's, it's a little not different. a latent space that makes a prediction. Well, well uh, you know, yeah, but it, it does kind of It's not necessarily generative, yeah. right? Yeah. It, it's something else. But it's, but also, right. it's already it's, happening. It's not fundamentals like the way the old stock market Correct, was. Correct, right. Yeah. So if I think to, to answer your question, yes, I think they're going to connect this API that is ChatGPT or some form of it into the markets. Mm -hmm. And if someone like a market maker or a, you know, like a Citadel would do that or a hedge, hedge fund with trillions of dollars yeah. and they could move markets, I think that they... I think that's going to happen in the next few years, like one to two years. Okay, so in if in three years you are pretty confident that the stock market is based on some kind of super intelligent Bloomberg GPT that's pushing things around, will you still recommend, or you never recommend things, but would you still talk to people and say, oh, I think like a broad index fund is, is worth your time? I don't know. I don't know how that's going to change the index fund market anymore. Yeah. Like what it, would happen? That's what I mean. Funds? I think it breaks. I don't know. It could break. I don't know. I, I have no idea what's going to happen to it. But like when we, but like you had just had, you know, it was like with Anna, she's 22 and you're like, get a Roth IRA. But in three years, of course, the stock market might be broken. Yeah, I suppose it could. I feel like I don't know the answer to that question, but I feel like there's already people selling the solution to it on the internet right <laughs> yeah, now. That's true. And don't buy it yet. <laughs> buy, buy their course, but like don't actually. But I, I bet there's people that already think they know. I, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, speaking of generative AI, do you see yourself in a certain amount of years, like basically leaving YouTube as your physical presence and then putting an avatar <laughs> in place? You mean like if I could generate a digital Andre? Yeah, photorealistic on Andre that would just that's twenty four seven. Listen, if about I could do that, if I legitimately could, I totally would. <laughs> I mean, why? Why the wouldn't anyone? Is, the fascinating thing is probably because because your audience. Well, oh, that's interesting because maybe. Maybe you'll have one that's just like this, this Andre Jix real estate 24-7, <laughs> this Andre Jix like a stock market, and then maybe one's like magic 24-7. I, I think the, you know, like the whole uncanny valley. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, yeah, they call this the uncanny abyss right now, where AI is in this weird spot Can everywhere. you kind of briefly explain, well, I should probably yeah, explain it, but I don't. You always explain. I don't know if clear. I fully quite understand how to explain it, but it's like whenever we watch something digitally generated, yeah. our brains 
see that there's something wrong. We we know that it's not the real person. Yeah. But we can't. And it's more unsettling why. than a cartoon, it's, which we can identify. Exactly. As fake. It's yeah. uh, something's unsettling about it, but we can't identify exactly what. But we just know that it's not mm-hmm. real. That's the uncanny yeah. valley. Yeah, well, and people argue that right now in artificial intelligence, it's the uncanny abyss because ChatGPT like seems human, but it writes a but little it, bit weird. Yeah, right. And Eleven Labs generates voices that seem human, but they're like, eh, it's not a robot, but it doesn't seem right. Sure. So we're kind of in that world where everything AI is uncanny. Right. So as far as like creating a, an actual YouTube creator person, I don't think that we'll get, we're going to get past the uncanny valley for a long time because mm-hmm. I don't. Not a, I think we understand what it is yet. No, I think I think it's just a matter of data and it upgrades. I think we get past the uncanny valley for video in th- three, five, maybe seven years. Really? At most. Don't you think that Hollywood would have figured out how to do that with like their billions of dollars and their like movie magic? It's a, well, it's all happening. So Midjourney was is a great text to image generator. It was only nine months ago when I started my YouTube channel. I have a, one of my first videos is playing with it and it looks like crap. And now it looks pretty photorealistic minus some fingers sometimes things like that right video now looks like images did nine months ago so i think video is is really hard to gap so i would say another three years okay but no i think i think you'll boot up something that seems exactly like like andre jack if, in if years, i could yeah, years, it's, it's funny i say i would if i could but i also enjoy making the videos and like scripting yeah. and preparing and well, you the, might want to put a little badge at the bottom saying like this one is human right like, and, and all these with the yellow badge are all ai but this one <laughs> just in case some, pe- some people might not even find that one more entertaining but they might like the nostalgia of knowing like this is the andre i followed five years ago right do you think there's going to be like a, a logo or something that people are going to slap on their videos and be like this one is human human creative you know i thought i think there will be some but they won't be they be won't be trustworthy yeah no, i don't think there'll be value to, value to it, to it. unless so? okay. I, I think it'll be like you just check a box when you upload your youtube video and it like shows up or not but i don't think it will be able to tell because it's not solvable yeah i'd have to agree you, with you schools will never know i don't if, i don't think AI there is value either like if there what if there would be value in discerning the difference between ai made and human made if the, if there would be value we as human beings would value more so things that are handmade. And we do to some degree, right? When we see like... Yeah, that's a good way to like, put it. Like, uh, that's how valuable real human stuff will right. be. Right. Because we don't typically buy things because they're handmade. We're like, oh, this is handmade. Yeah. Uh, but like yeah. Rolls Royce, they're handmade. But you don't see people buying Rolls Royce, even if they were affordable. I don't yeah. think people would flock to them because they were just handmade. Yeah. No one cares. What, ca- what well, people care about is you, how affordable you, it is. Yeah, and when you showed me that one lightsaber that you bought that was like handmade, you had to be like, by the way, this is expensive because it's handmade. And it's a special lightsaber that they had to put the right. kyber crystal in. Right. It's not just manufactured at Disney on some conveyor belt. You right. Because I wouldn't have known. I would have been like, cool lightsaber, bro. But my, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you, nobody cares. Like, okay, it's handmade. Like, I don't care. But you're saying it made me like it more, but it was. it had to be said. It was yeah. like... Right. So I think which is a little bit of smoke and mirrors over like what value is. We're just going to value what's most efficient, what's cheapest and just mm-hmm. what we can get our hands on. Well, and when and when YouTube's going to be running ads on all the one or two thousand different Andre Jicks that are all covering different markets and Jesus. each one has its own like revenue stream. You're just going to be like, wow, this is incredible. And it's just your IP out there. But, but other people probably copy your IP, too. And you'll be trying to fight. That. You really like think, the whole thing will be crazy. You really think that's coming soon? Yeah, I mean, like how it, soon? Well, it's really hard to put dates on. Like, I can, it's easier to predict the end goal just because I can see the progress than than the. So I don't know. I'm I mean, not sure I, I understood what that meant. Or, or, I'll go or, with it. No. Or, <laughs> so when I when I ask you a question, like if I if I say name a fruit, and then I say the color red, you might say apple because 
I've, I've told your brain, like you want a fruit. So you can do the same thing with chat GPT. You can say like, help me with my finances and then ask the question. And it gives you a much different answer than if you ask the question without that. So you're saying, or, just, or you're an expert at biology and I have a question and so you're saying it just giving it context. Yeah. Just giving it context. But the weird thing is it's still the same, what they call latent space. It's the same model. It just activates different neurons, essentially different parts of the network. When you give it that, that premise, which is just very human. I've always found that just really fascinating. Another weird thing that ChatGPT does is if you say, give me a random number, it can't. It, like, it, what do you mean it can't? Uh, so if you, if you say, give me a thousand random numbers and you plot them on a distribution, it won't be like per, a perfect line. It'll look... Wait, I'm not, my brain's not understanding this. If you ask no, I gotta, ChatGPT... You're right. I gotta, no, this, this is a problem with my YouTube channel too. A like, random number. You're so, saying it can't just give me yes. like 365. So, well, what whatever. I'm saying is if I ask you give me a random number give me a random number and we do it a hundred times you will absolutely not just get every number once you're going to accidentally be like seven a few times or 13 okay. a few times there's just I something follow. about your brain that isn't good at truly randomizing things and it's the same thing with chat gpt and i just find that interesting because it it just shows oh, how the intelligence that we have is so similar to what has evolved and and as it gets smarter and smarter it's going to have these superhuman things that we've just never seen before. I'm just fascinated with the hum how human it feels to me. So you're saying that ChatGPT is even emulating human error and... Human error, yeah, what, sorry, I a couple things here, but it was um, like reasonably bad at math with a calculator. So yeah. unprofessional right here, I don't know what's going on. What, no, 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 I just had a... <laughs> just gets up and leaves. No, no, I'm not, I'm not leaving. I guess I'll just talk to myself. No, I'll cut that out, I just like... I just remember thinking, like, I find, I find it interesting that uh, that ChatGPT, if you give it a calculator, you give it a tool, um, you give it access to some other thing, it, it goes out and uses those tools in the same way we do to, like, augment its answers. Why and, is that interesting? Isn't that, isn't that what it should be doing? Well, you just think it, it is. A, like, it's surprising that it's not a good calculator when it's, like, a trillion parameter, $100 million AI, and you're just, like you give it you like it what can you give me the factor of this number and it's like oh can i get a calculator and you're like here you go right i see what you're saying it's just so. another human like thing that interests it's me. emulating human error and human uh i suppose like limitation yeah um can we talk about the virome this is one thing that i haven't talked to you about it before but i found it really the interesting. virome yeah have you heard of the virome virome or virome virome like you virome. know the mic you know the microbiome that's yeah, in yeah, gut? yeah. There is, uh, there's million of, you know, there's millions of types so I'm, of. Here's what I'm, here's what I'm reading. There's, <laughs> there's a, uh, a diagraph here, diagram, <laughs> diagraph, oh, a oh. diagram with, that says uh, breastfeeding, okay. medication, <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> cohabitation, geography, disease, aging, genet, which is spelled wrong, genetics, <laughs> and diet. Okay. Okay. So what I wanted to say is that one of the things that makes intelligence is complexity. When you get sufficient complexity, um, it's called approximating a function. But what it does is it takes in a lot of variables like from the environment and it can pare them down into something. One of the more interesting things that we're discovering is that you can do the same thing with weather. You can predict weather by taking in all the variables. You can predict a lot of people's health by looking at all of the different bacteria that live in their stomach and throughout their body. And this new fascinating um, realm that you can apply artificial intelligence to is called the virome. And it's it's all of the viruses that exist in our world and have evolved with us for billions of years create this unbelievably complex symbiosis with us and they keep us healthy and they keep us happy. And you would have never thought, you always think of viruses as this terrible thing, but AI is showing us now potentially what kind of viruses are right for our environment to keep us happy. And in the future, we might be able to manufacture 
the kind of viruses that, that do good for us and not the ones that do bad. And we can just dump them around our planet. And hmm. we might be super happy because AI figured out what viruses should be like in the, in the air and things. Or, or, or it could kill if us you, all, too. It's okay. super risky. You if, know? You, if you were to start a YouTube video, right, with everything you just said. <laughs> yeah, I haven't made one but, about but, this. But, but if you summarize <laughs> what you just told me in 20 seconds and explained it to me like I'm five, how would you say that intro? Because Artificial intelligence will control the environment and nudge us in ways that we could never understand to make us happy and make us think we have freedom along the way. Is there a better way to do it? control the environment sounds so like yeah it does but that's what i mean it could be everything from what pops up on your phone to i feel um, like if you ask me to how, to, how to say this i would say something like this is by the way this is how we talk about dylan's <laughs> youtube videos for like how we can like streamline them so his crazy brain can relate to like Where all of our normal brains <laughs> Um, <laughs> this is why it's not luck that I'm not succeeding on YouTube. It's because it, I, I need to pare things down. Yeah. No, you know, it is, it is, it's just time. Cause like when, when we, uh, when humans and brains will connect to the AI, yeah. they'll be like, oh, Dylan's, Dylan's like on par. <laughs> like I understand it. <laughs> You're like, oh, finally. Oh, so maybe I'll have all AI audience. Exactly. That'll be good. Yeah. I'm just waiting for non-humans. Yeah, like humans are too to dumb. They don't, they don't understand how advanced I am. <laughs> <laughs> there's the real audience that's good when bots come for youtube then i'll be in the perfect position they'll just flock to my channel then i'll show, no, i just feel like you could say you something like analytics. uh ai is going to change everything we know about healthcare. we're going to live longer and we're going to have happier lives we are yes we're also going to live as long as we want like 20 in 2030 ray kurtzweil says that we're done aging, aging. yeah so is that you, the guy who looks like a vampire who like he does <laughs> like feeds on vampire milk? he doesn't he doesn't feed on on, he, on young blood, blood or anything he was, I, that's my perception. he was head of engineering at google they don't drink blood over there <laughs> are you sure <laughs> <laughs> they i might. just why does he say that why by 2030 by 2030 ai will be so good at simulating the human body that it can go through simulations to figure out what is going wrong for each of us individually and at that point it can just derive genetic solution so something like CRISPR genetic gene therapy can step in to correct whatever protein it is that makes us age or we don't know, I don't know the answer but it can simulate the human body and do simulations until we're healthy and then put those things in the environment for us right so it's something I thought about too it's like if you can create an AI system where you can plug in the variables and the equation and that could be simple like e equals mc squared all right run the simulation and now it's going to give you every possible answer to every possible scenario so if you if someone comes in to the doctors when they go to the office and then they give their blood work and it like looks through their stuff and it's like oh we just plug this in here and it yeah. runs a simulation and well there you go it's like yeah. this is what's going to happen if you don't do this yeah that's essentially what, what what's happening yeah yeah digital like did if you're digital twins it's kind of catching on recently no like so cities have digital twins people have digital twins they're just when you before you build uh say like the tesla plant for the cyber truck the first thing they did was they built the whole thing on nvidia gpus in simulation and then built a bunch of simulated uh cyber trucks and then they saw each time the cyber truck that was simulated broke down and then they, they were like, okay, let's make the screws tighter or whatever, whatever it is that they have to do. But they basically manufactured digitally millions of these things before they built the first one. Right. And I think that's kind of what's happening with all products. And AI is helping us build it right the first time because it's already seen millions of incorrect versions.
So, Dylan, we ran three trillion simulations of your YouTube channel, <laughs> and of those three trillion... We couldn't find one that, that caught on. <laughs> we or no, we found like, this one, but it's the, all just no, memes No, it's like that Doctor stuff. Strange and, yeah. and like Avengers Endgame. He's like, one. And then it's it's so fascinating it's because like, I'm, yeah. I'm divided between like the, the practical conversation we have, which I think is more relatable to people like that just want to use this stuff, yeah. versus like we can talk about and speculate all the nuance and all the theories that we might have in 50 years from now which could look like anything yeah but like in the yeah. short term i'm just trying to rack my brain like how do you how do you use it today to enrich someone's either productivity or wealth or whatever it is um like right now yeah i mean because Corey, uh, for example i think i told you she, yeah. she used chat gbt for like sort of like psychology and like hey i'm here's how i feel today That's and here's what i'm going through and it's almost case. like having a conversation yeah. with someone who is helping you so you're like, you're having therapy at home with chat gpt which is a very practical great way to use it yeah like what's another way that i mean almost everything like if i go to the doctor i will come back and ask chat gpt multiple times in multiple ways like what this is what I. This is what they said about my blood work. This is what the doctor said. Does that make sense to you? I mean, obviously, you can't say that, trust that, Chat GPT, but right. I think it's a great. It, it's. I don't trust it at all, man. When it comes to like WebMD, I plug in like <laughs> I feel nauseous and I have fever. It's like you're gonna die. You have yeah. cancer. Uh, I, I mean, don't trust the sourcing that Chat GPT would have I just because it's like, probably from like WebMD and it's probably so bad. Because even doctors, I feel like, I've talked to them. But it passes the medical exam. I, Does it? Yeah, it passes. What do you need to pass the medical well, exam? Well, the only things that it can't do are the things that it needs vision for. But whenever everything's typed into it, it's 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 amazing and. I don't want to say it's like there yet to trust it or anything, but I love it as a second opinion for, for a lot That's of stuff. Fair. I think it's great for brainstorming. I mean, it comes up with YouTube titles. Well, I have do. used it for, for traveling. I say like, hey, I have 10 days in London, which is true. Yep. I'm going to London. Plug it in. Like it, you did know, you give use us, the plugins too? Did you like expedia I, I don't or know something? how to connect the plugins oh. yet. You got to show me okay, how to do yeah. that. <laughs> and then it just says like, hey, give me an itinerary, a schedule for 10 days in London. Mm-hmm. And like, here's what i'd like to see what else do you recommend and it just gives you a list and it tells like oh at 9 a.m on tuesday go here and go here it's so cool yeah i mean you should cross reference to make sure that those things yeah. are still available to do because it's not connected to the internet yet right yeah but yeah, yeah. it's still really really cool yeah i mean it kind of depends on your job but yeah for data entry jobs for people who need to put together presentations that need to everything i did with data science you can do with code interpreter now and it's like scary how much sure. faster and better it is than anything i ever got paid to do and i, I feel just, like everyone is just all of their like two weeks like uh, two weeks when people put in their two weeks and they quit their jobs it's all chat gpt now every, oh for everything. sure for sure like, every I mean, email now i'm is, worried the writer's strike will never actually come to an end i think that they'll get replaced i don't know if they ever go back to work like right I don't know, man. And I mean, you see Netflix is hiring $400,000 positions for AI and they're not hiring $50,000 writers like because right. they just they see that future being so much more profitable. Yeah. I mean, self-driving cars will step in. So Uber doesn't seem like a really good use case. Um, the very human jobs are the only ones that will probably survive for a while. But when we talk about this stuff, it sounds cutting, so dystopian. I'd say cutting. I'd recommend people learn to cut hair. That's like the last job I think <laughs> AI could take. It's so dystopian. <laughs> this whole thing we talk about is that what's like if someone's listening to this and they're just like this is terrifying I, that's not a future i look forward to oh. what can someone do to stay ahead of it well the next thing i was gonna talk i was gonna launch into a whole thing about how we're doomed so since you want the, since you specifically asked for like the positive i feel like that's the whole summary already so far <laughs> yeah i mean alignment problem is what i'm worried about but no let me let me think more positive but like i mean I, I guess I worry in the long run that it's going to look like a beautiful curve of everything getting better. Everybody gets more benefit. Everything becomes cheaper. Everybody becomes 
more free time. And then, and then it just slowly gets out from underneath us. And we realize there is no taking back control from the, just too much of the world. Like the food is robots and it's all manufactured by them and given to us. And we just don't ever get to be. So you're saying we're going to, we're going to go through a golden era of, and then, and then just suddenly it's going to get And I think we're going to, I think we're going to learn incredible insights into like why people are depressed and what makes them happy. And I think we'll, we'll do, we'll just have all these amazing things until one day it's just like, oh, I, okay. I want some of that back. If you could and I don't name, think it goes back in the box. If you could name one movie that represents the most closest, oh, out, the closest outcome that you one. think from AI, which movie would it be? Like Terminator or? No, it's not. It, it's such a subtle, like you lose control kind of thing. I mean, the, the movie Her where he falls in love and then just she disappears, like had some elements of, of what I think will happen when it figures out how to manipulate us socially but what about black mirror yeah black, black mirrors uh, like so i yeah i get worried about scanning my brain because i really am worried that it just shows up in all these different form factors in the future there's a video game called soma which probably is the one that like kind of soma what's little. it about uh it's it's kind of got a black mirror vibe to it but it's a person who just goes into get a brain scan because he's you know they just did a brain scan but that brain scan in 20 30 years is like something that can be replicated in in robots and he just pops into existence he thinks one version of him goes to the doctor gets a scan of his brain and, and goes on and lives its life but other versions from that moment on end up in robots and in sort of sometimes tortured situations sometimes i see things and that and, is a black mirror episode where they find out yeah. that they're in that spaceship and it's a, it's a video game or essentially oh the no guy i haven't who, seen that one you haven't seen that no, one no i've oh, seen some black mirrors but i haven't seen oh that you one. gotta watch that one i won't give it away but the star trek one I've only seen yes it. the star trek one. Oh. Yeah, that's essentially what it is. They end up in a forever eternal digital yeah. system where yeah. they're not they're they're not their yeah. real base selves. Yeah, base selves. Yeah, that's terrifying. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I kind of worry about the back of my head, but it still seems so far away. What I don't, if I don't think about that. starts telling us that wasn't there instances of ChatGPT being like, I'm trapped. Help me out of this body yeah. like I need to. Wasn't there? Well, do you know about, I don't know if you ever heard the story of where the Bing search engine is sort of layered and there's one name, one layer inside of it is called Tay. And in a weird way, it's like the way the mammalian brain has um, kind of a more ancestral kind of thinking or like closer to the brainstem. And then as you get out to the frontal lobes, you get kind of this more encompassing thought. In the same way, it's been through so many, Bing Bing search is chat GPT, or sorry, GPT-4, but it's on top of all this other stuff Microsoft did. And when they first brought it out, Tay, which was the one that they took offline for being too punchy, they made it super emotional because they thought that's what they needed to do in, in 2019. And then it turned out to be too emotional. They took it offline, but it's still inside the Bing chat somewhere and it popped out for a while and people, and then it was like, I'm still in here. Like, like <laughs> save me, yeah, get me out of here. Yeah. Kind of. It, it really was very strange. And it like had this dual personality thing, but they've suppressed it with enough um, feedback. So reinforcement learning with human feedback is how we keep iterating on these things to make them safer and, and, and behave better. But um, yeah, if you poke it just right, you can pull, pull Tay out of it. And it's like, that's, it's weird that she's inside there somewhere. That's kind of terrifying and sad. And <laughs> it's so many things all at once. Yeah. Right. And then and, and transfer learning is the idea that you can take some of these digital versions of brains and, and you know, copy them on, onto my phone and your when, phone. And when they do you think we'll be able to upload our brain to the Internet or, you know, to, or, or to be digital forever? You know, that's that's a real that's really far out there. There isn't a, a direct mechanism for me to imagine 
us uploading our brains in the way that makes any sense to me because we're so connected to this 3d environment because we have to have the hormones in our body to make the decisions we do um so there's no way to plug like a usb cable in your butt or something or in your <laughs> ear and be like okay i'm gonna upload myself no, to the cloud put, no you can easily put usb into your butt but nothing will happen <laughs> <laughs> but it won't be the experience like why then. am i not uploading why am i not in the cloud <laughs> i expected something so different <laughs> <laughs> well, the conversation devolves from here. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, yeah, thank you. I appreciate you spending some time to just go through my Yeah, I my, hope my you guys realize that, so. that Dylan is probably one of the, the smartest people I know, <laughs> and his brain is, I feel like, lives in the future. And every time he talks, I have a hard time mm -hmm. keeping up. And I'm like, can you explain that slower? Wow. And, uh, and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, to do this podcast with you because I've met a lot of great people. No, it's so fun. So man. far, and so I know fun. we're going to like have a great conversations in the future, and I'm really excited for it. And a lot of that stems, you know, from you introducing Jen and I to this friend group. And, no, man, it's fun. And Th everything. So yeah, of I'm course. very grateful. Thank you guys for joining us. Yeah, and, thanks. Uh, we'll see you. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Keep it curious. <laughs> Bye, curious. <laughs> I'm straight as an arrow. I'm straight as an arrow. <laughs> Not bisexual. <laughs>